All right, John, I'm uh, I'm set to go here. I think when you are. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror suspense classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And rejoining us this week is returning guest Eric Deutsch. Thank you for having me back, guys. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, very excited to get uh, two two weeks in a row. To so I'm not cut off wondering what Arnold is saying <laughs> there in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> right. What, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Hap? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Uh, we need to finish this conversation and talk about some of the stuff that. Uh, Dylan, 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 to Dutch because uh, I am I'm shooken up. Uh, I'm a little I'm, I'm I'm hurt. I'm I'm offended. <laughs> I, I can't believe Dylan would say some of these things. Dylan, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Dylan's on the right of hills right here. I think he's just <laughs> flying off the handle and just oh, this guy's out of control. He's a loose cannon. He's a loose he's, cannon. John making a, an obscure Flash Gordon minute reference there. <laughs> yep, yep. So Eric is host of Flash Gordon Minute and the upcoming Escape from New York Minute. We'll have a chance to dive into that towards the end of the podcast. So Yes, for some insane reason, I'm doing a second one. I do not know why. <laughs> There's something addicting about it, I have, to, I have to say. But we're talking about Minute 31 of Predator, the... Greg Maddox of minutes. Hey, we got Cy Young winners over here. I'm the I'm the Braves fan, by the way, because I'm from the South, Eric, which is why I had some Braves figures there. And no, no, no. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, Oh, good for you. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Bastard. So you get Greg Maddox and your John Smoltz and shove them up there. Your Jones and your. Uh, Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So Mike Piazza of minutes. How about that? Lopez wants it away, and it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run! Mike Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. What's ah, baseball? much better. I don't know what baseball. There we go. <laughs> baseball. That's the one with the 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 bases and the diamond and the. That's yeah, good. It's my favorite. What, what the hell is baseball? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so we're minute thirty-one opens with Dutch asking, well, continuing to ask Dylan, Dylan. what happened to you, Dylan? Dylan? And it ends with Dutch telling Dylan, Dylan. "You're on your own." Mm. So we're finishing up the conversation as carryover from the last minute that Dutch and Dylan, Dylan. Uh, were speaking quite closely, face to face, sharing some unpleasantries about all the mission and the makings of a man. Yeah. So yeah. we get the very tail end of their conversation here, mm-hmm. but I feel like on an emotional level, a couple of the most important sentences, the most important lines of their conversation, because yes. this is when Dutch and Dylan, Dylan kind of have it out, and then Dylan, Dylan. explains Dylan. really, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> sorry, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> really kind of pulls the curtain back and you find out exactly what the true purpose of their mission was. And to start this minute, Dutch kind of steps back and says, what happened to you? Should we have another dramatic line reading to finish yeah, you out guys, the conversation? You need to finish up what you started. It's, it's only fair. It's only yeah. fair. Who yeah, said I was fair? Who said I'm fair? <laughs> this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, so Eric, you 
had a fantastic uh, Dutch reading oh, previously, so I think you should uh, continue that character. All right. Uh, now, the qu- now, do I start from the beginning of the sense, or do I pick up after the hap? <laughs> uh, let's go... Well, your choice. Guest choice. Okay. I'm going to pick up after the hap, so I'm not... Ooh, we don't nice. have All right. Anything. Anybody listening last week, you don't have to rehear the, you know, that part of the sentence. They've hit fast forward this whole time. Yeah. Like, when's Eric going to finish the line? Go <laughs> splice, splice it together. It'll be a perfect match. That's all. <laughs> oh, anything for my guess. <laughs> all right, here we go. <clears throat> okay. you, <clears throat> Dylan. Used to be somebody I could trust. I woke up. Why don't you? You're an asset, an expendable asset, and I used you to get the job done. Got it. My men are not expendable, and I don't do this kind of work. Scene. <laughs> and scene. Oh, oh that's, that's beautiful. Just a dagger to the heart. Yeah. 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 Oh, Brutal. When, wh- what do you guys take from this? Like, this line is cold, that Dylan says. Like, it really is kind of cold. Well, I mean, he, has I want has has the character of Dutch has never considered himself as an asset. I guess that's the yeah. key to his reaction here. Is he really? I mean, he's he's military or quasi military, whatever you know it is his unit is. And has he really never seen himself as an asset in his whole career? I mean, that that's the issue. Like, it seems the way Arnold acts, the scene is he's it's the first time that he's having this realization, but. How could that be someone who's been in the military, let's say maybe, you know, 20 years or whatever, that they've never viewed themselves that way? Yeah, I, um, I think it's possible that he understands or views himself as an asset. I think the, the line that gets to me or that jumps out at me is right after he says, you're an asset, comma, an expendable asset. Ah, okay. You're an asset. An expendable asset. And that's the one that I'm like, whoa, like you might hear that from a top tier general uh, speaking behind closed doors, smoking cigars to other generals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to have a a friend or former friend uh, just say it to your face that you are expendable. I was just using you and there's, you know, you could have died and I don't care is what I read from that line. Um, just feels cold. I yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and this is this is his friend. This guy used to be someone he could trust. You used to be somebody I could trust. Right. He says it in the line there, and you see it at the beginning of the movie where clearly they had some camaraderie. Uh, I think personally, I think it really hurts Dylan saying this. It's something maybe Dylan has been waiting to say. It's something he couldn't say because that would blow his cover too early on. But to say these things, I think is hurting him because he knows he's just like, right, if there's any illusion that we had some kind of friendship up to this point, it's totally gone now. It's it's all business. And and to turn this from something collegial to business, it's it's hurting. It's it's telling you that he, he shouldn't be trusting him. He says, right, if you used to be someone I could trust. And he says, I woke up. Why don't you? He doesn't say something like, like, hey, you you can trust me. Like, I'm still your friend. No, it's just, yeah, I'm a level above you now. You need to wake up. You need to see past your nose. I woke up. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that, just and- continuing what um, John McTiernan was saying about this is why Dylan was, or Carl Weathers was brought on to play this guy who's not the bad guy, bad guy, but he is like the bad version of a good guy. The good guy who's doing things for the wrong reasons or who's on like, who thinks he's on the right side, but really he's, he's making all the wrong calls and he's making big mistakes. He thinks the ends justify the means or the means justify the ends. Right. (laughs) Whatever Um, that saying is. Yeah. 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 And that's Um, a good, that's a good point about, um, 
that he it, it looks like he's having a hard time saying that because the I woke up line means at some point in the past Dylan realized he himself is an expendable asset yeah and he know and he knows he is and once he was real able to accept that he was able to move forward with the rest of his career mm-hmm. and then 30 years later Arnold realized that and made a movie <laughs> called the expendable yes incredible yes. foreshadowing here in Predator. <laughs> right. I thought the same thing <laughs> <laughs> this is a pre- trivia it's funny this is a prequel yeah. this is a prequel to <laughs> the expendables my men are not expendable <laughs> I don't do this kind of work my men are not expendable and I don't do this kind of work um yeah, yeah. so that so that ends the you know Dutch response my men are not expendable I don't do this kind of work and that right there ends their conversation and we and he leaves the palapa and we move on to the next scene uh let me let me throw a couple last minute notes about their conversation here yeah, besides the conversation, uh, did you have other tidbits about this this scene you wanted to go over? Yeah, yeah. I have. I wanted to wait till the conversation was finished, but um, and I was talking about the field manual. I briefly mentioned it last minute, but in the field manual, it's the first time I'm visiting in a long time, I feel like. But yeah, uh, the field manual is a 1982 Army document for the uh, purpose of conducting operations in the jungle. So there are a lot of specifics to vegetation and threats in the jungle, how to maneuver through the jungle, how to track enemy forces, how to stage an ambush, how to protect against an ambush, what weapon loadouts there are. It it made mention a few times of finding documents and uh, using any kind of documents, captured documents, equipment, and weapons uh, for more information, but it also makes mention of taking prisoners, taking prisoners of war, as uh, keys to enemy movements and uh, enemy plans <laughs> to the point it even says food remnants and feces can indicate how long ago an enemy unit occupied an area <laughs> i think if you're looking around the camp you're saying yeah i, I think they were here not too long ago alive <laughs> did, you, did you say food remnants and feces and feces Sounds like my dorm room. Hey! <laughs> what if they come across a pile like the one Jeff Goldman comes across in Jurassic Park? Uh, yeah. That is one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> Still warm. They went that way. <laughs> that would be great if uh, Dylan and Dutch came into the Palapa and there was just a giant pile of, of shit in the middle of the room. <laughs> They've been here for a while. <laughs> <sighs> um, gosh, what else? Uh, in the script, uh, the difference is that Dylan's character Dixon. It's what well, I also yeah. call him Dylan in the script. The original script, Dylan, Dylan. is talking about um, the threat they're facing on a wider scale. He's talking about we're fighting him in a dozen countries, global war. We're too close to the edge. We can't lose this one. And then Dutch says, "Spare me the good guy shit. I've seen enough of your global war today, Dylan." Dylan it stinks. Mm. And then Dylan gives him the line, "It's a dirty world." Lieutenant, very, very reminiscent to me of, you know, why don't you wake up without, without expanding to like a global thing to remind us, Hey, like there's threats worldwide. We know some about, and there's a lot we don't know about. And connects to what we've continued to talk about that there always has to be sort of this background, big, bad Russian connection. Right. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. that the script kind of alludes to that, that there's evil forces in the world that we have to combat. 
right? <laughs> AKA Russians and communists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, those Soviets. Oh yeah. The Ruskies. L- lastly, I wanted to say t- John McTiernan is the one who's taking credit for the change in this from the script to the movie in that uh, in the script Dylan, Dylan is not Arnold's best friend from the very beginning he's just some outside CIA spook who's along for uh, the ride and telling them what to do and directing them and so you don't have that possible redemption story they have at the end where they're respecting each other they're still working side by side by the end it's there's definitely some patching up between Dylan, Dylan. and Mac as they t- as a Mac Mac <laughs> Mac as they try to track the predator so yeah, it's it's good to see a character who's down there with that team who's, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, um, going to be redeemed by the end. Um, who's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, he's gone, he's out of the way. He's like Paul Reiser and Aliens, like, good riddance, you trash. Right. But, he, he, but yeah, you, you end up, I think, feeling his death because he's, mm-hmm. he's going out more nobly than he did in the script. Interesting. Yeah, once again, a good uh, decision on the script change. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So should we move on? I'm sorry, Eric, did you have anything else to add about this conversation or this half of the minute before we go on to the second section? Uh, no, not not uh, not inside the palapa. Yeah. Okay. okay. So <laughs> yeah. that brings us to, are you good there, John? I'm good. We're leaving the palapa after a couple minutes now. Yeah. Now I feel like this next part is we get, uh, it's some dialogue here. Uh, a lot of it is kind of moving the plot along, uh, mm-hmm. moving the narrative along a little bit. So we get, I think the dialogue here works as uh, exposition in a sense, just to move the story to the next, to the next act, which we act. talked about. Act. <laughs> we are <laughs> such a knee jerk oh, reaction. Oh, oh, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we are in a, a transitional period here from act one to act two of this film mm-hmm. um the the raid at the camp really kind of finishes that the first one third of the movie and we're going to start heading into the section of the film where the the crew is going to start learning more about the predator i'm really excited for the second act of the film actually mm-hmm. we learn a lot more about the predator we get a lot more predator vision and so there's going to be it's kind of fun like the focus of our of our uh analysis analysis is going to shift a little bit, which I think will be um, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's that genre shift that I'm yeah. referencing every time I throw out four different genres and describing the movie at the beginning. <laughs> right? like we're we're so moving true. from the action onto the yeah. suspense and horror components. Yeah, so on that, uh, we, we get uh, Dutch leaves the Palapa, comes up the stairs, and meets Hawkins. And mm-hmm. Hawkins says, uh, John, why don't you do a Hawkins? Yeah, well, Hawkins is calling him out of the Palapa away from the conversation that Dutch is ending with Dylan here. He's saying, Major, Major, we stepped into some real shit here. And then before Hawkins can continue, you, you, you hear... <laughs> You see and hear Dylan talking to a knocked out Anna as she's kind of groaning <laughs> on the ground. Uh, he says, Te sientes bien? Te sientes bien? Like, are you feeling well? And uh, I have a note about that in a minute, but um, okay. I just, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Dutch comes out of the Palapa and Hawkins continues. Air surveillance says we got gorillas all over the place. Can't be more than one, two miles away. This place going down. How much time? Half an hour, maybe less. Tell Matt. 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 Five. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, then then Dylan comes out with uh, Anna trailing behind. What's Dylan say? Go ahead, Jeff. Wait, she goes with us. She's too valuable. She's got to know their whole network. She'll give away our position any chance she gets. No deal. You're still under orders, Major. <laughs> you want to make that call, or should I? 
She's no baggage. You're behind, and you're on your own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, end of scene, end of minute. Oh, what a great, yeah. Just blowing nice smoke as I lead this conversation. That's that's how you walk away from conversation. Oh, I well, love that, the I mean, puff that, that is, Eric gave, too. Know, that, that is, I mean, the dude can't make a movie without smoking a cigar. I no, mean, seriously. Like they've got, they've, he just says they got a bail within five minutes because the gorillas are coming in. They just had this crazy thing, <laughs> and he's taking the time to light a cigar. Now, you know, I like smoking a cigar when I celebrate stuff also. But sure. there's a time and a place, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. just like Arnold must have in his contracts that some point in my movies, my character has to smoke a cigar. Because even in Batman and Robin, <laughs> when he's playing Mr. Freeze, yes. who is a frozen person, he smokes a cigar. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I agree. Just just love seeing it. It's not our first cigar of this movie either. It's uh, right. oh, man. the very first one. It was right when you see him in the chopper the first time when... Uh, co-host, original co-host Aaron is is saying like you would not be smoking a cigar in the chopper. There's <laughs> like all these warning think, signs, and yeah, you just wouldn't do that. Yeah, do you think they were filming, and in the middle of the scene, he just pulled out his cigar, <laughs> and then McTiernan was like, "Cut!" and he's like, "What are you doing?" And Arnold's like, "Fuck you! I smoke cigars." <laughs> and McTiernan says, "Well, this is my first like all right. sure link movie. Yeah, you're you're good, Arnold. You why don't okay. you run with this one?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's rewind back to the beginning here of this uh, this exchange. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick it up where Hawkins uh, says to Dutch that air surveillance says we've got gorillas all over the place. Can't be more than one or two miles away. This place is going down. Mm-hmm. Dutch responds, how much time? Hawkins says half an hour, maybe less. Dutch then says, we're going to tell Mac that we're going to move Mac. in five minutes. Right. Mac! Mac! Um, so I was wondering, does that mean are they done uh, cleaning up and leaving no trace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because previous minute or two minutes ago, yeah, with Scott on, he pointed out, like, how ridiculous is that? He just told Mac, like, two minutes ago, no traces. <laughs> no traces. <laughs> like, what do you mean no traces? Mac doesn't say anything other than, all right, that's that's okay. his response. Like we're, we're going to take care of that. Like this is not a Boy Scout camp. You're cleaning up afterwards. This is a major invasion. You partook and taken down eighty plus gorillas. No traces in the span I'm of picturing, three I'm picturing minutes. Max, the bullets. Yeah, yeah. Every and everything's burnt to the ground. No traces. I'm picturing Mac like on his hands and knees, like planting trees, trying to put things back in place. No traces. <laughs> Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, five yeah. minutes. I need, like, three hours. Maybe a couple yeah. days. No traces. <laughs> Too old for this shit. <laughs> Too old for this shit. No traces. Um, so, uh, anyway, I guess that the cleanup is almost done because uh, they're, they're going to move out in five. And Blaine, <laughs> yeah. Blaine seems to agree. Yeah. Yes, sir. He runs off with that uh, minigun. Old Painless right there. Old Painless is waiting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, then this is also where we learn that we are going to keep the hostage and mm-hmm. uh, Anna is going to continue on. Yeah, before uh, Dylan leaves the palapa with her, he does say, Te sientes bien, uh, Spanish for are you feeling well? <laughs> Te sientes bien? Right, she's just laying on the ground, just, <laughs> just groaning, <laughs> probably a huge welt on her head, bleeding out from the head a little bit. Um, that we see a little bit later uh, in the script. He asks her that question in Russian, not Spanish. So uh, in the in the script, he is trying to dig into those Russian, those Soviet ties. Um, but yeah, it's just just a funny scene. And the note I had about that is when he says "Te sientes bien," "Te sientes bien," it sounds a lot like Arnold 
saying it. Te sientes bien? For some reason, I just, I don't know, maybe he and Arnold sound more alike than I give them credit for, but it's hmm. it's just a little nuance I picked up in the audio. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know that was Dylan saying that until you said it here. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure who was saying that line. Right, like it wouldn't make sense for Dutch to say because is he le- saying it as he leaves? Not only that, but I don't think Dutch cares. Right, Dutch doesn't care, and like it's not like he'd be talking to Hawkins in Spanish all of a sudden. Te sientes bien? Hey, Hawkins, <laughs> are you feeling well? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. But yeah, Haw- Hawkins has given us the the line to say, "Hey, we're moving on to Act Two. This is what's squeezing us. We we have to move on to the next plot point." Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's that again. That's what I kind of feel like this uh, transition, this exchange is is kind of shifting the film into the next. Uh, section kind mm-hmm. of telling the audience okay we're leaving the palapas we're leaving the gorilla camp um we're going to be heading out we're going to take a hostage mm-hmm. um we now know that our the goal here was uh we were ill-informed and um yeah so we're we're heading into the next section of the story mm-hmm very exciting. Dylan is Dylan. Uh, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan is uh, sweetening the mission by bringing, like you said, the new hostage Anna along uh, with the team, and it's all Dylan's call. Dylan's reminding Dutch who's in charge here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's not saying like he's not he's not being the mean Dylan we just saw back in the plot, but he's just being. I'm in charge. I'm you're kind of like the the your classic like '80s. I don't know uh, dean of a of a college. Like this is how it's gonna go. Crazy frat house or whatever. And and you're right. gonna you're gonna follow my orders. You're gonna do this. Yeah. You're, are you gonna make that call um, or or should I? And it's it's kind of like who's gonna call the principal? Like <laughs> or, you know. And, and if he just everything goes right, like hey, no need to call the principal. Why bring authority into this? Yeah. And and Dutch's response is is. He's kind of like, okay, fine, you're in charge, you can bring her along, mm-hmm. but she's your responsibility. He also, when he says you fall behind, you're on your own, it's kind of him saying, you may be in charge of this mission, I'm in charge of my men, and that's that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of leave and go their their ways. Yeah, and right by all accounts, the rest of this movie, I think Dylan does a great job of keeping track of Anna and just keeping her, yeah. you know, and <laughs> close to the crew and doing what she's supposed to be doing. I, I think everybody just kind of ends and, yeah. Taking, taking her out. So we were talking about this conversation earlier, uh, Eric, about where Dylan's not even maybe in it. Dylan doesn't seem by his actions here and is talking to himself in the previous minute that the team was brought here to really find a bunch of paperwork and find a bunch of information that perhaps they're really just there to wipe out the gorillas. Why does Dylan insist on bringing Anna with them? He says, right, knowing their whole network, is is that really the case? Do you think they're really taking a prisoner of war to interrogate her for information? Uh, I, I was going to make the same point. I know for story reasons why the character is kept alive but mm-hmm. the in-universe it, it makes no sense every single other person has been killed the mm-hmm. only reason she wasn't killed was by a total twist of fate that arnold hit her in the head instead of shooting her which <laughs> is lucky she didn't die from that blow to the head mm-hmm. um I, it's you know it, it makes no sense to not just you know t- put her in handcuffs you know stick her in a corner and say you know good luck and, and take off and this is this you know because she is just going to be a burden she could give away their position mm-hmm. um I, I, i'm not sure the in-universe reason why they need to bring her along yeah yeah it seems uh strategically it it doesn't seem to quite fit like if their mission now is to get out of there as fast as possible and to escape like they've uh, you know Dylan is or excuse Dylan, me Dutch Dylan. has just found out that that their mission 
which he didn't really fully know about, is over now. Mm-hmm. They've done what they have to do. Like now his mission is just to get everyone out alive. Mm-hmm. It seems like to take a hostage would slow that objective down. And I guess he says that uh, in in so many words. But yeah, it doesn't quite fit uh, the scenario in the movie, although we know why she's kept alive for the sake of the story. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah, she dies get, in the original script. To- yeah we get to hear her say later on the uh that great line it changed colors like the chameleon <laughs> <laughs> she keeps on saying the jungle came alive <laughs> bullshit that's not what she said <laughs> <laughs> sorry to jump the oh. show ahead there. oh no go for it yeah this is, this is oh man i can't about. wait till we get to uh some of the predator action well, also is she yeah. i mean is she the only woman in the gorilla camp? Were there Absolutely. any other Good. women at any point in the scene? We never saw Good any question. others, and we didn't see any killed on screen or what looked to be any female bodies, um, you know, just piled up or anywhere like that. So I think it's the Pretty only female. It's convenient that the one woman is I the hope... one survivor. That works out incredible. Yeah. I hope it's not like a, the like one female Smurf scenario. Oh, no. <laughs> scary. Smurfette. <laughs> Smurf, poor Smurfette. <laughs> What are you doing with yourself, Smurfette? <laughs> do you think if this movie were to be made today, do you think that the guerrilla camp would have had more female soldiers in, the, uh, in this battle? You know, I have the impression that there would not be any female soldiers if this was made today for some reason. I don't know. I've seen enough action movies, like modern day action movies, to to say like they're just so about even today they're still they're so about just throwing all the mooks that they can that are all just kind of dressed in black and they're these professional mercenaries and there's it's so rare you see um like a, a female soldier or a female mercenary yeah it's, it's surprising for better or, yeah for better or for worse i feel like audiences are able to accept a bunch of male actors dying mm-hmm. easier than uh than female soldiers i don't know but it's interesting uh, it's a good point or a good question right if they're like because really... yeah, i mean like the, Go ahead. yeah like the star wars movies have you know a little bit you know they have captain phasma mm-hmm. yeah uh and some of the uh like imperial officers and like crews on the star destroyers they've made those women none of that was not at all in the original star wars movies but they're still this you know other than captain phasma all the stormtroopers do appear to still all be men so yeah that's a good point and right what, what would we be taking away if, if in this movie if they're just like on as just another casualty that they're blown away with m16s or grenades or the minigun would we be going oh that's a little brutal because like maybe our unconscious or subconscious minds are saying like oh like seeing a woman die in this fashion is, is not the same that, that's, that's a good question good question eric i don't know yeah. all right so does that uh round things out does that bring us to the end of this minute do we have anything else to add uh, i don't think i have anything else to add it's it's neat uh, the last thing i'll add is it's neat to see Hawkins' little radio setup, if I had had a little more time, Mm. I guess, just being busy as I am, I I probably would have done some research on what kind of radio this is. But it's neat to see his little radio setup before he starts folding it up. And it's also neat later on in this minute to see him just listen to the conversation between Dutch and Dylan and Hawkins, like the the young blood of the group, is just kind of looking back and forth like this is mom and dad arguing. Or this is more like mom and her her new boyfriend arguing because he's like, who's who's the new guy? (laughs) Like, why is is he saying what to do, mom? Like, no, I want to... I just want to go play with my buddies. I want to go see the Mets play or something like that. Let's come on. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because his little like umbrella looking antenna that he's got on that tripod is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was noticing that earlier. And he like folds it right up mm-hmm. and sticks it all away. That's we'll, we'll have to look out for future iterations or appearances of yeah. the radio. 
Um, all right. Well, Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add on this minute? Uh, no, I, I, I sadly am out of notes. Yeah, oh. I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the kill count, kill count, still static at ninety-one. Uh, eight good yeah. guys. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. I got no deaths. No deaths. <laughs> Last week or today, no deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm bored. Can we speed this thing up? <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, we we talk weekly recommends, and <laughs> it seems like only a little bit ago we were talking weekly recommends for last week. But <laughs> if you guys have something else to share, it'd be a good time to plug something that you've seen or something you've listened to. We're all big podcast fans, so I know the it's good to recommend those because, in my opinion, you can do so much while you listen to a podcast it makes it very versatile whereas movies mm-hmm. tv shows are a little bit more like sit down have your full attention um so if you guys feel feeling like plugging something audio or something video or something totally out of left field um this is a great time so eric do you have uh, what, what do you have for us uh i want to recommend it for anyone who hasn't read it arnold's autobiography that came out about Ooh. six seven years ago um, oh, nice. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Arnold fan. This movie is one of the reasons why he was my big uh, action actor hero growing up in the mm-hmm. '80s. And uh, his his autobiography it just it gets into all of his movies. His sense of humor comes through. He talks about all of the his iconic lines and where they came from. Um, he goes into some crazy stuff that he got involved with when he was the governor. Uh, hmm. And so it's just it's really an, a, just if you're a fan of Arnold, it is an absolute must read. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. What's it called? Yeah. It's called Total Recall, of course. <laughs> what? Oh, yes. I've seen that. Yes. <laughs> that is a great title for an autobiography. That's excellent. It's a yeah, Total Recall, my unbelievably true life story. <laughs> By me. Get your ass to Mars. 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 <laughs> Quaid, <laughs> see you at the party, Richter. Oh, that's a good <laughs> yes. move. That needs the movies by minute treatment. I love Total Recall. That's another one that was. I feel like I feel like that movie played on an endless loop on like TBS or <laughs> yes, TNT. Yes, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, and it, like so, I know all the like garbage, like made for TV, like edits <laughs> over the swears. Oh my god! But I, I watched that movie so much in the nineties when I was a kid. I loved that, that movie. movie. Is what like half an hour uh, edited for TV, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, it's wow, yeah. shorter than an episode of Family Ties. I did a couple. Yeah, I did a couple of years ago. Watch it unedited uh, for the first time in a long time, and I was like, oh wow, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. There's, there's no way they're oh, showing oh, on TV uh, uh, that guy's arms getting ripped off in the elevator. Yeah, <laughs> or the, or the three boobs. Oh, like sure, it all right. surprised me. No, yeah. they actually they, surprisingly they still show that on the TV broadcast. It's weird. They no, they don't show the three boobs. <laughs> no, oh. like, what? what TV broadcast are you watching? <laughs> Cinemax. <laughs> I was like, please tell me now. I'm gonna go change the channel. <laughs> that was like my note about. No, I think that guy's still alive. <laughs> when Arnold <laughs> just right. fills him full of lead, <laughs> you and Zach are like, yeah. "Wait, really?" <laughs> no, 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 God, just, I'm kidding. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> All right, that's a good recommend. I'll have to check that yeah. one out. Total Recall, the yeah. book. 
All right, I have a I have a recommend this week that's uh, not a repeat. Are you guys excited <laughs> what? for that? I know yeah. it's Total Recall, <laughs> the book. Wait for it. Yeah, I should just recommend the exact same thing Eric did. Uh, I'm going to recommend a uh, a podcast, and in fact, I'm going to recommend another movie by minutes podcast what? that I I recently started listening to. Yeah, so anyone that knows me knows that uh, I like horror I knew movies. That. Um, you did. And uh, as we all know, there were a lot of uh, great horror franchises throughout the 80s. My personal favorite, which is like horror comfort food for me, is the Friday the 13th mm. series. I can pretty much watch any of those movies at any time. Um, they're so easy to watch, so predictable, fun. Um, I just love them. And so a podcast started up uh, recently that's called You're All Doomed. And they are going through all the Friday the 13th movies, uh, but not minute by minute, because that would take a <laughs> lifetime. There are so yeah. many of them. They're, they're doing every movie in 13-minute chunks. Mm. Um, and uh, it's been pretty fun. Uh, I'm currently on part two, Friday the 13th part two, which is uh, one of my favorite of the series. So uh, if you enjoy Friday the 13th, check out You're All Doomed, the podcast. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. So you're liking that. You said you're part of the way through part two. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've just, they just started on part two. So they've only released their first episode for uh, part okay. two. Okay. Great. Well, I'm going to make it three for three and just also recommend Total Recall, the autobiography by our... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Shoot. Step on my recommend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, um, a show I really enjoyed. It only lasted for three seasons, and uh, it's British, so those seasons are super short. It's called Toast of London. And I know the guys on Star Wars Minute have talked about it quite a bit, but it's actually something I discovered before they mentioned it on uh, Star Wars Minute. I discovered it a couple years ago on Netflix. It's just one of those recommended things that pop up. This is Clem Fandango. Yeah, I know who you are. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. What do you want? Just letting you know we're ready to go. He just said that! Toast of London is uh, this comedy series following Stephen Toast, who's this professional actor in London, played by uh, the hilarious Matt Berry. And he, he just goes through all sorts of trials and tribulations, uh, trying to perform, to, trying to one, perform this play, which you never see. The running gag is that whenever they try to perform it, like there's a big riot and that people just hate it. And it's despicable, the, the play they're putting on. But you never see it. You always see like the aftermath or the buildup. Uh, so that's part of it. But two, he's, he's just trying to find work as this um, everyday actor, just trying to find his niche. And, and some of the some of the best scenes are just him trying to do his vocal work when he's like recording for commercials or other voiceovers. And he's in the sound booth and, and the, the, the people outside the sound booth are, are really giving him a hard time or they're just super annoying. And, and his, his little struggles and how he reacts to everything are just really funny. And there's little bits and pieces of the high realism here and dream sequences there but by and large just a really funny funny series i highly recommend it it's called toast of london because his character is stephen toast and that's another humorous element is they have lots of uh funny names now he's the guy that was also on uh, it crowd is that yes right? he was the second boss in it crowd which yeah. is right where i recognized him and said i know this guy but i don't know him very well and in, in toast <laughs> of london you 
come to know his acting style and his chops really well. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And um, yeah, when season three ended, it just made me super sad when it was uh, coming to an end. And yeah, I'll I highly to, recommend it. I'll have to check that out because I'm a big fan of IT Crowd, and he was pretty damn funny in that show. So it's it's probably worth a rewatch for me, just because uh, some yeah. of those comedies can really do it for me, like The Office, Arrested Development. This is another one I would I would sure. say. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, now we uh, talk about where we can find our guest, our hosts. Uh, but Eric, you're the guest. Where can we find you? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook. Um, as uh, we said uh, before, um, the upcoming Escape from New York Minute recording has begun. So come find us on Facebook in Brains Library, <laughs> the Escape from New York Minute mm -hmm. Hangout, or on Twitter, NY Minute Pod. And uh, also, uh, I was the co-host of Flash Gordon Minute, which is still out there if you want to uh, go binge the whole thing. And you can chat with us on Facebook there, too. We, we're, I keep my eyes there. That's the Flash Gordon Minute listeners vortex on Facebook. Awesome. And uh, the Predator Minute, the Predator Minute page you can find online on Facebook is Predator Minute listeners Palapa. And Eric, I really appreciate you joining the group and making comments here and there. I really appreciate the the back and forth and the feedback and the comments. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I, I made like two comments and I already got some kind of badge or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that was easy. Here's your badge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I tend to post any kind of articles or realizations or our, every time we post a minute, uh, I'll make the post in that closed group. And you mentioned that you're part of Flash Gordon Minute and the upcoming New York sorry, Escape from New York Minute, uh, did you know there are now currently 123 different Movies by Minutes podcasts, each one breaking wow. down either a movie or a series of movies. So you do the math and that comes to who knows, maybe somewhere around three to 500 different movies being covered at any given point uh, by this huge growing list of podcasts. So if you have uh, a movie series that you enjoy or just Go there, moviesbyminutes.com, and see if maybe your favorite movie is being broken down minute by minute. In all likelihood, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> they like really popular movies like Star Wars, uh, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, or maybe some obs more obscure movies. Eric was talking earlier about guesting on Dave, what is it, on Dave Made a Maze. Uh Dave made a maze. <laughs> yeah. So he talked a little bit about his experience, but you can find him guesting on that podcast. See what all the fuss is about, why we break these things down minute by minute. And maybe even if you're feeling up to it, throw your hat in the ring, pick your favorite movie or favorite movie series and say, I want to tackle this as a project and put all your heart and soul into it and let us know because we, we, love the community the community is very supportive and you can find them on facebook at minute makers and listeners movies by minute master group if you're interested in contributing there or just want to give some love as a listener so jeff where can people find you oh my name is carl been expert i'm on the twitter <laughs> you can find me at capital k carl underscore capital h hungus 314 carl hungus uh, Carl Hungus Pie, come follow me for uh, occasional tweets, retweets, Seahawks news, mm. horror movie live tweeting, things of that nature. <laughs> Seahawks! Hawks! <laughs> Touchdown, Seahawks! <laughs> the ball is hit as it comes out and it's picked off by the Seahawks! Far sideline, Malcolm Smith! 50, 45, he's gonna go! 30, nobody's gonna touch him! Cuts back 20, 10! 
the Legion to move the Seahawks defense. They do it again. Holy catfish. Touchdown, Seahawks. Yep. Uh, you can find Predator Minute on Twitter. It's at Predator Minute. Like I mentioned before, we're on the Facebook. You can email us with any of your weekly recommends or things to point out in the upcoming minutes that you maybe don't think we're going to find or we're going to discover or break down in such a uh, analytical fashion. You can email us at predatorminute at gmail.com. But uh, Eric, I'd like to say thank you again for joining us. Well, thanks very much for having me the last two weeks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. And uh, for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And I'm Eric Deutsch. And until next time, stick around. Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> you set us up! It's all bullshit! All of it! The cabinet minister, the whole business! You got us in here to do your dirty work! Look, we just stopped a major invasion. In three days, there would have been across the border with this stuff. Why us? Because nobody else could have pulled this off. You're pissed about the cover story. I knew I couldn't get you in here without it. So what story did you tell Hopper? Look, we've been looking for this place for months. My men were in that chopper when it got hit. Hopper's orders was to go in and get my men, and he disappeared. He didn't disappear. He was stood alive. And my orders were to get somebody in who could crack these bastards. Crack! So you cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in the meat grinder. What happened to you, Dylan? It used to be somebody I could trust. I woke up. Why don't you? You're an asset, an expendable asset, and I used you to get the job done. Got it? My men are not expendable, and I don't do this kind of work. <laughs>